This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. All right, live from the Ike's Chilliard Studios, serving four generations of Tulsa since 1908. Welcome back in here on the Blitz 1170. My name is Jeremy Poplin. That is Matt Hubbard. And joining us now on the hotline just hours before he gets set to take the microphone. Maybe not quite as well as what Matt Wells was doing today at the Brim Venables football <laughs> camp. But it's uh, Chris Plank joining us here as we get set for OU and Florida State in game one of the Women's College World Series. Hey, dude, what's going on? If you would like... We can shift to Comrex right now. Oh, let's go. Let's go. We'll do the magic of radio. Sorry. Ah, yes. We'll see what he. Ta da. Can I I give you the whole backstory there? What you heard heard was Matt called me and I was unavoidably detained, right, Matt? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. And I was hoping to get out to the studio in time to just get things set up. Well, Pop. I left all of my radio equipment at USA Softball <laughs> Stadium. <laughs> yeah. So I have a backup piece of equipment here, and I started hooking it all up, and nothing was working. Then I plugged it in, and I raced out to my car during the weather report, so we're good to go. I apologize. No, you're good. I'm not as big of a train wreck as it seems, but good to be on with you, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. Doing real well. How much time do you have, by the way? Can I play something for you? Sure. Are you, yeah, are you up against it? I, I'm not leaving here till 3 o'clock, okay. so I'm I, good. I want to play this for you because I found it on – I have a new segment called Things I Learned on TikTok. Ooh, I like it. Um, this is Patty Gasso related. I don't know what podcast this is. Oh, it's from the uh, PGF Network. Oh, okay. She is asked a very simple question. When you go out and recruit, what do you watch for? What do you look for? And I found her on answer so damn refreshing, dude. It's about two minutes, so that's why I ask. But it's a really, really good answer. And Patty's like, listen, I'm just going to be honest. So um, she, I think, gets should get a, a standing ovation from every parent that feels like that they live at the softball complex every weekend through <laughs> through the summer and through the school because there's too many games. But here was Patty's response. I um, Sometimes I just get bored. I get bored watching. And I think they get bored playing because there's so many games that are being played. So... Um, I don't know. I just, there's, I'm watching players. I'm like, you just don't have it for me. You just aren't showing me it. And then you're thinking, well, well, I'm not getting any balls on defense. What do you mean? You just be a gamer. You're going to be a ball. You're just going to be a gamer. (laughs) The way you walk, the way you move, the way you look, the way you talk to your pitcher. Just, I watch it all. I watch so much more of you standing around because you think about how much do we stand around in our sport. I see you hit three times. You might walk. This is true today. I watched a hitter walk twice and get hit by a pitch. So how am I supposed to evaluate that? I just watch everything else that she's doing. And if you are just all in, you got to just be all in instead of that, oh, God, this is so <laughs> boring. I'm so hot. Put my glove on top of my head and just just... Being a knucklehead is just not working for me. So I'm in that space where, like, I got to make a decision by what I'm seeing. I'm seeing you walk twice and get hit by a pitch, and I got to make a decision that's a quarter of a million dollar offer mm-hmm. for you. So how am I? I've, I'm just taking notes on watching you and what you're doing in the dugout. I watch you when you, the game is over and how you go up to your parents. 
are your parents taking your bags, honey? Honey, I got it. Honey, I got you here. Here's your Gatorade, honey. I'm going to carry your bags. Or are you, you know, I'm just, I'm watching the kind of person that you are if I can't see what it looks like as a player on the field. How awesome is that? that? I've seen that. That Okay, I'm glad you've seen that. And the the reason why I play that is because it fits into a little bit of a narrative that's been out there, right, with some of the... I mean, they hate us because they ain't us right. type Pearl mentality punchers. that's out there. Yeah. And it's on social media, which is the, you've seen it. Oh, well, you know, she slaps the bat down even even at a ball, you know, and goes. But that is the environment. And if people that have the criticism would watch that and see that that what she's talking about and watching players is ingrained in the program that she has built, she wants that. She wants that energy. She yeah. wants to see you not lollygagging and standing around and complaining about how hot it is. That's all part of everything, right, that makes them as successful as what they are. And I completely get it about how it might irritate some, but that is yeah. what drives them and makes them the level of greatness that they truly are. I, I, I don't have a problem with anyone that says, oh, I can't, I don't like that they do that. Fine. But don't act like it isn't done in other sports. <laughs> right? Exactly. Don't, I, I, I got in a fight with someone today that I was like, did you not see the pimping of home runs and the bat celebrations that take place in the College World Series? And this person had the audacity to say, I watched every pitch of the College World Series and I've never seen anything like that. I'm like, you're full of ass. You know, you really have it. Watch Tennessee volunteer baseball then. I mean, it's it's funny. There's a part of me that thinks, Pop, we're still not comfortable with female sports celebrating, and yet while we make fun of, of the male athletes and the defensive backs at celebrating incompletion when it was five yards over the receiver's head, we're still okay with that. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, it's just that guy being a moron. But if a female athlete does it, we're just aghast. How dare they? That's an unwritten rule. So – that's just that's who they are. I mean, Alyssa Brito celebrated a walk in the fall game. I mean, if you just mm-hmm. if you if you've watched them, I think a lot of people are busting themselves out that they haven't really paid attention and are coming in late to be know-it-alls. But what's new in the sports world? I just I I, I don't know why that would be the storyline beyond they've won fifty what one two in a row right now. They're on the verge of a third straight championship and they are just awesome. But yet for some reason. We got to find the slightest little thing to throw a fit about. I mean, Pop, two weeks ago, three, three, well, I guess now a month ago now, I'm fighting with people online about a play at second base because they're like, oh, she, she didn't step on second base. I'm like, oh, wow, they won the game. Why are we fighting about stupid stuff like this? So it's what Patty wants unapologetic, undeterred, um, un, uncaring about what anyone else thinks about your passion for the game. And if they were to, slam the bat and point at the circle and do a DX crotch chop towards the, towards the opposing team's dugout and point at the, uh, point at the other manager. All right. We might have yeah. a problem. It's simply their own fire, their own inspiration. That's so right. I, I hate that it's become a big story because they're just, they're really a great group of, uh, of kids. And I, I hate that this right. has become what people are losing their minds about. Jennings is not going to first base and, and putting, are you ready for this? The first baseman in the camel clutch may the iron sheik rest <laughs> in peace today. RIP at the age of 81, there would be something completely different. And Patty's not going to stand for that type of um, attitude and, 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 and showboating that. But the, the unapologetic aspect of this it made me give a giant fist pump uh, because, like, I love that stuff. Be you. Me Who too. cares what they're saying? 
And by the way, it's tough to hear all that stuff when I've got championship rings in my ear, right? Yeah, like you, the you do the Watt take. Yeah, right, absolutely. <laughs> you do the the Hogan second wrestling reference, by the way, or third, I guess, with yours. You do the Hogan. Hey, put my hand in my ear. I can't hear you because these yeah. giant rings are on my fingers. It's it's awesome. Here's here's what sucks about it even more. So tonight is the collision of the two teams that have been consistently the best in college softball this year. You can say what you want about UCLA and their 20-plus game winning streak, but you can't, you can't claim to be among the best in college softball when you get beat to and barbecue in your own regional. You can throw the Oklahoma States in there, and I'm, I think there's a book to be written about what the hell happened to this Oklahoma State team this year, losing 11 of 13 down the stretch, being incredible in the regionals and super regionals, and then in a roundabout way, kind of losing their way in the World Series. It's just... It makes no sense. Consistently there all season long was Tennessee and Florida State. And when it came down to it, Oklahoma beat Tennessee. Florida State beat Tennessee to survive to this point. So here we go. These are the two best teams. I, I wish it was about that. And what's funny, I think a lot of this too, Pop, centers around the fact that they have been so successful and they do have the winning streak. You know, we – we reach that point where we kind of turn on everyone when Happened they've been the so good for so long, right? The Patriots, Patriots, where the everyone's Warriors, darling. right? I mean, oh, look at Steph Curry chewing on that mouthpiece, you know. And <laughs> when they won their first two, it was like, my gosh, this is awesome. They're shooting threes, they're changing the game. Heck, you even you lived this with the Spurs. It was, oh, look, like San Antonio, how great is this? A mid-major market, if you will, winning a title. Then it's like, oh, boring. my gosh, they're so boring. All they do is, like, just get it down to Tim Duncan. So we inevitably do this with everything that's great. And it's a really good team. And I think if you could have about, I don't know, the midpoint of the season, handpicked your national championship finalist for Oklahoma, if Oklahoma were to make it and there wasn't an upset anywhere, this would have been the team you handpicked. So here we go. Let's see it play out, and let's move all of this other crap aside and enjoy what should be a fun game tonight. So real quick on Florida State, then twenty-four sure. and one in their last twenty-five. Really good. Outscored opponents forty-three to ten in the postseason. They've dominated teams, whether it's been at the plate with eight home runs, eighteen stolen bases in the circle. It's under one ERA. Um, I mean, they, they're they're dominating people uh, at this point in the game, yeah. and, and they've talked about all season long. Like, they have expectations. All they've wanted to be is energetic, dependable, and rugged. I heard their uh, coach say that, so uh, <laughs> I'm just not making that up. But, but you're right. They have shown throughout the course of the season, especially at when it's time to, to turn it up another notch, they have indeed done that. Yeah, and here's what's interesting is – I've done two Florida State games, and then you add the one when they played Oklahoma this year. So I've called three Florida State games. In every single game that I've called of theirs, there isn't that moment where you're like, they just put four runs on the board, and they're, they're all of a sudden it's almost as if it's like death by uh, a, a bunch of little like butter knife cuts to where you look up and you're like, Oh, gosh, they've got a 5-1 lead. Where the, where the hell did that come from? And that's just who they are. They're not going to wow you. They're not going to uh, jaw drop you. Cat Sandercock isn't going to throw 75 miles an hour. Um, yeah, they're, anyone in their, in their lineup is capable of hitting a home run, but they're not going to hit like this 500-foot bomb where you're like, oh, my gosh, this is the longest home run I've ever seen. They steal bases. They're good at small ball. And they find ways to, to get balls in gaps, hit extra base hits, and they're very aggressive on the base path. So I, I just, 
I really, if they weren't playing Oklahoma, Pop, they'd be my pick because they're just, they're not sexy. They're not um, overly jaw dropping. They just get it done. They don't make a lot of errors. They don't make a lot of mistakes. They just get it done. And I talked to Alex Powers, who is on the ACC network and was a part of their 2016 World Series run. And she said, in her, she, when she would go do a game in, in Tallahassee, she would stay with Lonnie Alameda. And early in the season, when she was staying with Lonnie, the coach looked to her and said, all right, tonight was about preparing for Oklahoma. And they were playing like Syracuse or someone like that. But they have been preparing for this moment the whole season. It's why I think you've seen Kat Sandercock come out of the pen a lot more. It's why I think you see them constantly experimenting with a different first baseman and Mac Leonard and I forgot the girl's name that's been in college since 2016. They got a 25-year-old first baseman out there. They just, they they know, they knew what their team need to be prepared for, and their whole season has been preparing for this. So I find that pretty awesome. Yeah, that's almost like a football team. Like, let's just use Tulsa, for instance. Mm -hmm. They'll find times during the week, even though Navy's not coming up till October, well, they'll have sessions in practice where like, okay, we're going to work on Navy here for five or ten minutes, right? Just doing little things. So you've got teams during the regular season that are trying to prepare for Oklahoma. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, and I, again, if you were to look, I know that there's a lot of social media-ites out there, and I, mean, I don't mean this as a knock, but they'll look at all the numbers. Look at these batting averages. This isn't even going to be close. And if you do look at it on paper, Pop, there's no way that's, that Florida State should be able to even hang with Oklahoma tonight. But it's what FSU does, man. They just they find a way to stay in games and, and, and chip away and scratch and claw, and it's what they've done. They It's still wild to me that they lost a game to Longwood earlier this year. It's, <laughs> it's one of the most shocking things, I think, on the schedule. But they won the ACC. They they swept Clemson. They swept. Uh, I think they if they didn't sweep Duke, they won two of three. They're just a really really good team. Now, are they elite, record setting, dynastic like Oklahoma? I don't think so. I think this is one of those teams where you have some seniors that have built up to this moment and they've prepared for this moment. You know, they were here in 2021 and lost uh, after winning the first game. So. I just, I really feel like this is going to be the best possible matchup to give us the best possible game in the championship series. This isn't Texas sliding their way in is what I'm trying to say. This is a really good team who's been amongst the elite all season long. The next question I have is men as a joke, but there's also (laughs) a little bit of truth in it. I swear, dude, does, does Jordy Ball get bored and kind of see if she could put herself in situations that she can get out of because it's, she seems to like thrive at moments like that. I mean, the Stanford, two innings there where they had two on, nobody out, and she comes through and just closes out, gets out of two jams in a row, and then p- pitches an absolute gem in the ninth uh, there in the in the clincher versus Stanford. It's um, I, it's it's incredible watching her, but there's moments where it even she seems to crank it up and take yeah. it to a different level. It's really it's been fun to watch her maturation. Yeah, you know, on gosh, that was a week ago now. On Wednesday of last week, when when we got to do all the interviews, I hadn't really talked to her much this year, to be honest, Pop, because again, there's you don't like to bother him when you're on the road, and Jordy is very routine oriented, very regimented in what she does. And I, I finally got a chance to talk to her on Wednesday. And it's really cool to see how she has, she started to enjoy life beyond the game. You know, in other words, 
she's starting to realize, okay, let me pull back a little bit. Softball is awesome, and this is great, but there's more to it. And, I, and this is going to sound so contradictory, but I think in even pulling away from it a little bit and spending time with her family and her dog and her boyfriend or whatever it might be, it's increased her passion for excellence, right? She was so in it. She was so driven by it every single day that it's all she knew. But when she pulled away and she's like, yeah, this is kind of awesome with life and I love all this, but holy S, I want to go out there and dominate this team or I want to, I want to, I want to get our team to the next level. She is, everyone's looking for another story but something with Oklahoma, right? And understandably so. But you hit it on the head. How many tough situations has she worked out of? All of them, it seems. All of them, right? And Nigeria Candidate deserves all the shine and all the talk, but Jordy Ball was her equal. Step for step, pitch for pitch, out for out. So I just, I, I hope that in our need to see something different in the sports world, and then when someone else wins, we're going to complain because it's not a blue blood. But I hope in that, in that drive to find, you know, something else more gratifying than a team winning three straight, I hope we realize that what Jordy Ball is doing in the circle, it's, it's like Monica Abbott-esque and better. It's like Kat Osterman-esque, but better. It's like, I mean, you add any great pitcher that you've ever seen in college softball's history, Jenny Finch-esque, but better, Lisa Fernandez, but better, and she's got a chance to top them all. So, I don't know. It's just she's really special. She can rake, too, when she gets more of an opportunity to hit. And I, I fully expect Oklahoma to ride her tonight and potentially if there's a game three as well. The bottom of the order, we talked about this. So the seven, eight, nine hitters, Torres, Lyons, Boone. Uh, Hodge has had uh, one pinch hitter mm-hmm. in there as well. That portion of the lineup is not just a throwaway portion of the lineup by any means. Seven of the 15 runs have come through them. And and what they've been able to do in key moments where they're batting like 429 in the Stanford series uh, that's massive, man. We, we could talk about the, the heavyweight power at the top of the order, all that you want, and, and through the meat and heart of the order, but 789 has been really impressive for them. And that's what separates Oklahoma. There's not an out in their lineup. You know, Grace Lyons has struggled. She's only had three hits in the postseason, but what was one of the biggest hits? The start to the ninth inning. Uh, Riley Boone, just even when she makes a mistake like that bun in the eighth, it still finds a way to get on base, and suddenly – in an Alina Torres, in what I think we've even seen Kinsey Hansen hit down the lineup a bit. But let's just focus on Alina Torres. They're, they're getting a lot out of the Arizona State transfer late in the season. So I am, I'm with you, man. It's, it's really cool to see, especially because Riley's the only Oklahoma player on this roster to see what they're able to do in the bottom part of that lineup and how people are taking notice of it. But it's what makes them great. You know, I, I, you look at Tennessee. Let me, let me use Tennessee, for example. You fall in love with one player. It's like, oh, my gosh, Lawyer Malloy's daughter, Kiki Malloy. She is awesome. You can't stop her. By the way, Kiki Malloy's sister, Lawyer Malloy's daughter, is coming to Oklahoma next year. So <laughs> it's just, I mean, it, it, it keeps getting better for OU. But after one and then uh, Zeta Pooney, two, and I think that they had the uh, one of their outfielders, maybe it was their third baseman for Tennessee, after that pop, there wasn't much to their lineup. It was just, 
Same thing with Washington. Whenever the, the Huskies were amongst the final, uh, or the, the four teams in the winner's bracket, I think Oklahoma State fell into this trap a little bit to where, you know, the Cheyenne factors and the Rachel Beckers and the Kylie Naomi's and what they're capable of. But when you hit seven, eight, and nine in the lineup, it was, ugh, can we just get a base runner out of this? Oklahoma, when they get to seven, eight, nine, it's not just getting a base runner. It's the expectation that, all right, we're not going one, two, three this inning. We're going to put pressure on you and turn the lineup over to Jada Coleman. And that's, to me, been one of the great difference makers about what makes this team so great. You go back even to the 16, 17, even 18 runs that they had. Probably a few outs in that lineup. Not so much in 19. Um, but when you got to 21, 22, and now in 23, Pop, there is not a spot of that lineup where when they come to the plate, you go, Oh, great. You know, here, here comes our right fielder, Chris Plank, who's in the nine hole that can't hit, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's, 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 hey, here comes Riley Boone, and you never know what she's going to do. So that, to me, is what's made, beyond the pitching depth, what is depth has really made this team elite, and that is from one through nine, it wouldn't surprise you any game to look down and see any of those players, like two for five or three for four, and they ended up being a difference maker. And it's really been hopping in the bottom part of that lineup this year. How much fun is this? It's like, awesome. I mean, I can just tell from the excitement in your voice. Like the Stanford, the two-game set with Stanford was awesome in its own right, but you've been living it, calling it on Westwood One as well. Has this turned into one of your favorite events by far that you do? Yeah, in fact, Pop, you'll appreciate this. It's It takes so much out of me. I take a week off. Like, I'm off next week. I don't blame <laughs> you one bit. <laughs> it's, it's, and, and it's fun because it's a big, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's just become everything to me personally and professionally because I'm way too invested in this team. I get too triggered when I see people taking shots on them on social media. I'm with them every step of the way from the start of the season until – you know, it gets a little bit disconnected when you get into conference play and you're not traveling everywhere and you're not flying everywhere, but you see how none of this is BS, right? None of this is is arrogance and none of this is showing up the other team. This is a true, legit passion for this sport. It's cool for me because, I mean, you know my family, Pop. My mom's all into it now. My My niece is playing ball. She's down here last week playing in a tournament in Oklahoma and they're all coming to the world series. My kids are getting in on it. You know, it's just, you feel comfortable saying, I want my daughter to look up to that. I want them to see what this looks like and what it's all about. And even in a loss, they're going to, they're going to rally the troops and come together and find a way to get better. So I, I love this. I love what it's meant to Oklahoma city. I'm sure you and I can jump on later and have a conversation about the fight over home field advantage, but it's just, it, it, it really, really, truly is something I hope more people embrace. I mean, if you were to tell me whenever you and I were sitting from two to six uh, on the big show that we'd be doing a conversation or we'd be having a conversation a decade later and I'd be just spewing praise and love for this incredible sport of softball, would have told you you're crazy. I'm like, no, I'm college baseball all the way. Well, dude, it's like recruiting and yeah. softball now. <laughs> yes. Like that's, Those are like the big things. Yeah, recruiting is, and, and I'm in. <laughs> and I'm all in right now, but it's, it's, it's really cool. It's fun whenever you have someone that is just so into it as Patty is and, and a fan base that's so passionate and, and defensive as the OU softball, t uh, softball fans are. It's just, it's it, you know, and I hope more people continue to embrace it. I saw what 1.4 million viewers for the yep. OU Tennessee game. It's just, it's really cool. And it's right in our backyard. So 
check it out. It's 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 well worth your time. Well, dude, have a good call tonight. Uh, rest up, and uh, man, happy for you that you get a week off after that. Uh, it will don't be, be uh, happy. It'll be it'll be I'm, well deserved. I'm taking a road trip with a nine year old and a fourteen year old. Oh, we fight all the time. Where are you guys so, going? Yeah. Uh, Colorado. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're, we're, so. so we went a few years ago. Uh, uh-huh. Where are you going to Colorado? Somewhere around Colorado Springs. Okay. Around. All right. Yeah. So so north. Uh, yes. Is there uh, weed stores there? Okay. So here's what you got. Here's what you got to understand. Go All ahead. right. In Colorado, the perception is, hey, it's wide open here. Wide yeah. open spaces. Right. Right. But there are municipalities like Colorado Springs oh, that, that have decided. We don't really want this in the city limits, mm. but outside the city limits, you go do what you bro, do. have at it. So <laughs> you don't have to make that that much of a drive. And there are some cities that are like, yeah, bring it on. Bring nice. it on. We want it. But Colorado Springs is one of those. The last time I was there, okay. I was like, All right. eh, eh. we want you to drive a little bit. Right. Okay. Hey, and, and by the way, I would add your, uh, your family, Pop, your, your mom, I think especially, would be very proud of me that my chickens haven't died yet. Um, <laughs> 11, 11 chickens deep. We still haven't produced an egg yet, and I'm contemplating offing the rooster because it's just a disaster, and he always attacks me. But so far, 11 for 11 on my my chicken spree right now here in Goldsby, Oklahoma. My neighbor's chickens were in my yard on Sunday. (laughs) Haven't had it. So it has become a chicken Uh, world out there because everyone has them uh by the way it's just confirmed uh messi did verbally confirm that he is indeed headed to miami so big congratulations uh, big breaking news on the soccer front dude great to hear from you man have a great call and uh we'll check in again soon all right thanks pop sorry matt but i'll talk to you guys again (laughs) soon (laughs) it's all good i'll talk (laughs) to you in a bit that's uh chris plank joining us here on the blitz 1170 at 234 uh we're behind um actually you know what not that bad, huh? No. Not that bad. No. Because we, we mixed one in a little bit earlier. But, yes, just confirmed Messi straight from his mouth that it was – is that a weird thing to say? After winning the World Cup and not being able to return to Barcelona, it was my turn to go to the, uh, go to the League of the United States to live football in another way. Announcing his move to enter Miami – to uh, Manduvo, uh, Mondo Deportivo and Sport is who he made that announcement to. So, how's uh, how's Fabrizio Romano feel about that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, never mind. He went with Barcelona outlets, though, so it just kind of makes sense. This is kind of one of those things where, just as a fan, one you automatically start thinking about the build up to the World Cup in twenty six now has Messi playing in the United States as the lead into this. We've got all the competitions this month. Like this is one of those moves where you kind of have to get a jersey, right? Don't don't you have to kind of get a a kit? Like a Miami jersey? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't really have an MLS team, so why not? Yeah, it's Messi. And you thought Beckham was big. I thought Zlatan was big. I mean, Zlatan literally went to Italy and was awesome again. He aged like a fine wine. Yeah, plus it's Zlatan. Yeah, I mean, he's... Great stories, by the way, over the weekend from when he retired. Like everyone telling their Ibrahimovic stories. Yeah, one time he kicked me in the back of the head in the locker room. Dirk had a great one that I'll have to find the audio from and play it for you. It was great. Uh, Thanks to Plank, by the way, for joining us in a little breakdown there 
of Florida State and Oklahoma coming your way tonight at 7 on ESPN. Take a timeout. <laughs> it's at 7, okay, yes. Just checking. <laughs> All starts running together. No, I get it. I get it. Uh, we're about 20 minutes away from Colby Daniels. When we come back, let's hear from one of the stars of ORU. It's Cade Denton, and he will join us next year on the Blitz 1170. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.